Welcome to Account Trends, everybody. I'm Jason Stein with Intuit Accountants. My co-host, David Bergstein, and I are excited to be with you every couple of weeks to share the latest news, interesting perspectives, and hottest trends in the tax and accounting world. We'll have special guests on the show to help break these trends down and give you food for thought as you find new ways to deliver for your clients. But most importantly, we plan on having some fun while doing it. Welcome. Welcome back to Account Trends, everybody. Thanks for joining. I have with me, as usual, my sidekick and partner in crime, Mr. David Bergstein, CPA, CITP, and Alphabet Soup. Thanks for being here, David. And uh, joining us, a very special guest, Angie Grissom, owner and chief relationship officer of Rainmaker Companies. Welcome, Angie. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. So tell us a little bit first about Rainmaker Companies and what do you uh, what do you do in the profession here? Sure. Um, Jason, the Rainmaker Companies has been around for 30 years um, this year, which is mind-blowing to us. And we work with um, CPA firms and consulting firms all over the world, primarily in North America, and help them grow. So we work in the area of growth and leadership and um, culture. And so um, do a lot of work in that area. We have communities that are niche or niche-based as well. So um, just work with some of the best people out there for sure. Awesome. So you get to work with, you know, leading firms that are paving the way for the profession here. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, it's been such an exciting couple of years with, with all of the changes that um, we we've seen some of the best, strongest leaders navigate um, the changes over the past couple of years. It's been, it's been amazing. Yeah. And you know what, a perfect, perfect segue into the topic for today. So we want to kind of focus a little bit um, on w- remote workforce. You know, that's been a hot topic, of course. I don't th- I don't think I need to say for obvious reasons, right? We're all, we all successfully learned how to work remotely over the last couple of years now, didn't we? Um, but, but what does that look like uh, in the profession? Tell us more about how the firms that you work with have navigated that. Sure, Jason. You know, that has been such a a question um, in almost every call that I've had with managing partners and firm leaders. What is going on with the hybrid workforce, the remote workforce? How in the world do we best navigate it? Because it, it seems so different than the way so many firms were operating previously. I believe that it has propelled our profession forward five to 10 years. Um, I believe it will always be part of how we operate as an organization, um, as as a profession. And um, I believe it has created opportunities that nobody thought were possible. And so um, a lot of people working remotely, a lot of organizations focused on the hybrid work environment, but I'm seeing communication continue to rise in a lot of cultures, um, those that know how to navigate it really well. Um, Obviously, there are frustrations and there are roadblocks, but in general, um, it's not necessarily all a bad thing, Jason. So we're we're seeing it in almost every single firm, um, but I think there are definitely ways to navigate it successfully. Yeah. Do you think uh, the future is going to be more remote than hybrid? I think it's probably a combination, Dave. I think that there are people that really like to be in the office and they like that that community and interactivity. I think that um, there will definitely be more remote workers than ever before because people have discovered 
they're more productive at home in some cases. Some are not. Um, but I believe it will probably be more of a hybrid um, situation than a fully remote situation. And quite frankly, I think if firms don't embrace that, they're they're missing the mark and they're missing a lot of opportunities because so many great, talented um, professionals out there want to be remote. And, you know, in the uh, hybrid environment, you can actually hire people from anywhere with any background um, without those limitations that we previously had. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, Completely uh, advocate that as well, Angie. You know, when when talking to firms about hiring um, and staffing troubles, you know, one of the first things I ask is, what what is your what is your environment? You know, are you looking only in your backyard? Because with today's technology, even before the pandemic, the world was really your oyster when it comes to talent. But the firm had to have the workflows and processes and culture in place to be able to support that. So. Can you talk a little bit about what you observed as it relates to the firms that, that struggled with this and how how did they work through that? What were the struggles and how did they overcome them? You know, the firms that struggled with this probably were the ones that weren't prepared and weren't anticipating um, any kind of, of change. And, um, you know, we find leaders that dig their heels in sometimes and say, by golly, we need butts and, you know, butts and seats or, or our people aren't working and, and I'm, I'm unwilling to look at anything else. So the people that really weren't forward thinking about the fact that you might have a change with your team where people want to work from home, those people were less prepared and they were really scrambling last March and April, trying to make sure that they had, you know, the infrastructure, the processes, the technology to work out. Um, This has shown the light on um, people that refuse to change. So when you have old school partners, for example, that just said, by golly, this is the way it has been. And this is the only way it works. Those partners have been highlighted in terms of, are you, are you adaptable? Are you a change resistor? And I think um, it's gotten a lot of people to consider changes um, maybe that, that weren't in the past. Those that haven't, I think have really struggled. I'll tell you though, the ones that have been super successful are the ones that are agile. And I think agility, Jason, is the key to success in our profession. And it has been highlighted. I have clients who went through drills before the pandemic and moved their workforce department by department to their home to make sure that they had the equipment, the communication, um, the infrastructure needed to be successful. Those that did that did not miss a beat. They did not miss a beat. And, and I love the stories like that because I think what it shows us is no matter how our profession changes, no matter what we're dealing with or facing, there is a way to successfully navigate it as long as we are anticipating that things might happen. Um, it could be weather related. It could be pandemic related. It could just be personal, you know, personal related where people just prefer to work a little bit differently. Um, but it's created just an awareness um, that we can navigate these things successfully, especially if we're prepared and willing to learn because we've all had to learn through it and, and willing to change. So, Yeah. Let me interject with, uh, we've heard of the great resignation uh, for people who don't really want to go back to the office. But the other half of the question is, what's going to happen with middle managers that typically wanted butts in the seat? Do we need those middle managers in the large accounting firms now, or uh, is there going to be a change? 
That's a great question, Dave. I think we, yes, we need the middle managers, but we also need those middle managers to lead. And, and I like to tell leaders, I coach a lot of managing partners and a lot of firm leadership. And my advice is you need to lead as a leader. And, and so middle management or whatever level you are, if you are stuck in the mindset of this is how it has to be or it won't work, you're not going to be as successful as a leader. And a lot of that is fear-based. Um, those people need to adapt. And the best way to adapt is to learn from one another, learn from consultants, learn from other leaders that are out there trying new things. I, I've got a group of managing partners that get together several times a year um, that we form called CEO Grow. And one of the things that we talk about every time we get together are how do we navigate our biggest challenges and how do we take advantage of our biggest opportunities? You better believe that the hybrid workforce and return to work is a topic of conversation almost every single time. So we have managing partners that, that stand up and say, you know what, let me tell you what I did. Let me tell you how I got that partner who felt like if we didn't have butts in the seats, um, people weren't working. Let me tell you how I got them to start thinking differently. And it comes down to, number one, understanding what success looks like, understanding how can we be successful in a hybrid environment where um, some people are at work, some people are in the office, but what does success look like in terms of uh, productivity, in terms of communication? Once you define that, you communicate that, right? You get everybody on the same page. Then you figure out what your barriers are. Is it lack of availability? Is it lack of communication? So we've done a ton of work around helping people overcome those barriers and they they're really um they're in they're based on the individual firm yeah and i would i would even add to that too and say that you know probably one of the the biggest problems that i see out there is um firms are so busy with just doing the work that they don't create space for innovation and it's it's not for a lack of desire but more just an inability to prioritize it. And so, you know, really getting tight on, you know, how you measure success and, and we got to stop measuring success by how many billable hours we have, right? It's, we've got to move away from this hourly billing model, but it's also in leveraging technology in the right ways so that we're automating as much as we can so that we can create open pockets of time and availability for the firm to step back and innovate and, and look forward. Uh, so I, I love the, the commentary. David uh, hit on something a minute ago. I want to come back to it about um, the great resignation. Tell us your observations uh, about what's going on with the workforce at large and, and what are your what are your thoughts on the war on talent? You know, uh, Jason, I had a call this morning about the great resignation. Every single phone call I'm having with up and coming leaders, existing leaders, um, is about the challenge with with the team, with recruiting, <clears throat> with retention, with staff. And it is real and it is probably the worst I've seen it in the, my 20 years of being work, you know, working in the profession. Um I think that there are several factors influencing it. Um and I believe that the pandemic has created an extra layer of stress in individuals. So you think about just across industries, we're hearing about a lack of engagement, a lack of engagement, no matter if you're in healthcare or if you're um, in the restaurant industry, you name it. 
The reason for lack of engagement is because of fear and burnout. So people typically have three fundamental needs and they are, they want to feel safe. They want to have autonomy and they want to be part of a community. And the pandemic outside of the accounting profession and the the struggles and stresses we have, the pandemic has stressed all three areas. So people don't feel safe. They've known someone affected by the pandemic, obviously the autonomy. um, There's been a lot of, you know, stay at home orders and things like that, that are different, right or wrong, um, that people, people are affected by that. And we've never had anything like that before. Um, And then the third thing is lack of community where we haven't been around our friends and family. We haven't been in the office. So Beyond the accounting space, understand that most people have been impacted by these things and there's a lot of stress and a lot of burnout. Now, in our profession, layer that with fewer people um, entering the workforce, wanting to go into public accounting for whatever reason, layer that with deadlines that have been pushed for a couple of years where you um, are really exaggerating the burnout. Um, And you've got, you've got, a bit of a problem because people are moving from the profession into industry. I had a call last week. I promise you somebody mentioned that they had somebody move and go into um, law enforcement. People are going into teaching lots of different areas. So I think what, what we're dealing with is again, not just a struggle, but an opportunity for us to maybe innovate, as you mentioned, Jason, and reimagine what our employees look like, how our teams work together. I had a call with McKinsey this morning because I was interested with um, interested in hearing their take on recruiting and retention because McKinsey has a really great reputation for recruiting great people, keeping great people. And so I asked, um, I asked the lady this morning, I said, tell me a little bit about that. And, and how are you doing that? How are you having success? And she said, because We're highly niched in certain areas, so we go after different people that have different backgrounds. She said that the consultants that we hire are are so diverse all over the world that there are so many opportunities to hire really good people. In our profession, we almost have tunnel vision um, in a lot of ways because we're looking for, we need somebody with a you know CPA designation that has between seven and 12 years experience and, and they're unicorns in a lot of, of ways. So the great resignation creates an opportunity for us as a profession to level up, to level up who we're hiring, how we're hiring, the opportunities that we're giving to people, understand the impact that these hours and deadlines are having on individuals and understand that it might not be sustainable for a lot of people. So yes, it's a challenge, but again, just like the the hybrid shift, I believe this is a challenge for us to step up, raise the bar and reconfigure the way that we're bringing people on, developing people. And to your point earlier, the way we're charging, maybe it's Mm -hmm. not by the hour. Maybe it's not necessarily the chargeable hour goal of five years ago. Maybe it's more value pricing and project-based. We just need to look at our model. Right. And yeah, subscriptions are finally taking hold as a popular option that people are looking at, but still not not as widespread as I think we'll see in the next five years or so, maybe maybe even sooner. As you mentioned, the pandemic has just really accelerated a lot of the trends at play. And with the transformation to advisory, I think that there's a lot to be said about the skills uh, that the talent that we that we cultivate, 
both as we're looking for talent, but also, you know, that we teach to our existing um, teams and, and putting, putting, thinking differently about the roles involved, you know, so often, so often still, I see job postings from firms that are, you know, I'm looking for a data entry person must be an expert in QuickBooks, you know, and, and I, I, you know, if I had an opportunity to, to have a conversation with that person, I would say, hire technology to do that work and, you know, focus on the talent that you're bringing in <clears throat> around the culture that you want to build and be intentional about that culture. Because with the way things are shifting in our profession, we've been doing it the same way for, geez, what, 100 years, 200 years even? Yeah. And it, it, it's... The, the change is upon us now, and the, the pandemic absolutely accelerated that. So uh, tell me a little bit about, uh, let's focus on leaders uh, a little bit more. How can leaders best stay engaged with their teams so that they feel confident with progress? Jason, that's, that's another great question. We've done a lot of work in this area because we we get that question, I think, probably three times a week from, from <laughs> leaders. And I think we're overcomplicating it. I think that when, when you think about your team and building a culture, what do people want? People want a relationship with their manager or leader. And that's hybrid, remote, in-person. They want a relationship. They want a clear career path. They want clear expectations. They want their the ability to do their jobs well in terms of processes and technology. They want recognition. They want inclusion. And this is based on research across industries. But I also did the research and realized, do you know what leaders want? They want a relationship with their people. They want their people to do a good job. They want to give recognition for work well done. Um, people want, you know, fair pay, great salaries. Leaders want to, you know, pay those salaries, but, but they have expectations on work to be done. People want to be included. Leaders do as well. So the good news is we want the same things. Leaders and team members want the same things, and that's good news. And so I think we must start with what does it mean to be a successful leader and really stop and redefine what that is? What does success look like? And then you have to be really clear on that so that you're clearly communicating the, um, you know, your expectations. Then you have to work with individuals one-on-one and as teams. And, and I pulled a lot of people and said, do you feel like leading right now is um, more or less difficult than it was before. Um, and a lot of people said more, but a lot of people said, you know what? It depends on the person. I've had a better relationship leading some remote workers than I have people in person. So my advice would be meet them where they are and over-communicate, be transparent, have weekly team check-ins, even if they're 15 minutes with an agenda so that everybody understands you know, what we're covering, status of, of projects and, and, you know, big rocks, big action items, um, check-ins, how people are doing, but do it individually. And I cannot emphasize enough the need for leaders to build a relationship with every single person on your team 
and let them know that you care, you're there, be cognizant of the challenges everybody has, um, build what we call the big R, the big relationship. And how do you build a big relationship? Well, Dave and I have known each other for years and years. The way you build a relationship is through meeting and, and making an effort and getting to know one another, whether there's a pandemic or not. Every leader should make it a priority to meet their team, to build that big relationship, build that trust. And then, as I mentioned earlier, lead, lead through example, lead through agendas and make it work because you might even turn out to be a more effective leader, impactful leader in this environment if you focus on what it means to lead. Great points that you're making. And speaking of getting to know everybody in the team, do you see the CPA firm team changing from that of just looking for CPAs to becoming more a professional service firm where there's more opportunity for the firms to grow? I think I think so. Um, I believe that there's a huge opportunity as we show up as a trusted advisor, and we are in the best position of everybody to do that, uh, uh, you know, more so than attorneys and anybody else. As we show up as advisors, we need different skill sets. We need different perspectives. And so I believe that there's a huge opportunity to hire consultants, not necessarily try to change all of your CPAs into advisors. They need to know the skill sets that bring people in that are that are not traditional. Put them on your team. Have them look at a client holistically and serve them. I think that's how we are going to grow. And you'll notice in the M&A trends right now, a lot of firms are looking at non-CPA firms for acquisitions. They're looking outside of that for advisory firms. And I think that's going to move the needle for us because with these acquisitions and combinations, I think uh, managing partners are going to look up and go, hey, look at this. Look at these talented people that we have. They're not even CPAs. Um, We will always need CPAs. We want to encourage people to get their CPA designation and join firms. It's, It's such a lucrative, rewarding career. But I think we must look outside of that um, if we want to continue to grow and be as relevant as we could be. Excellent points. Excellent points. Uh, yeah. And I'm thinking about uh, the, you know, I'm even seeing a trend of uh, non-CPA uh, team members becoming partners of cast of the cast departments, you know, Josh Beck. Uh, and, and I do uh, a fireside chat with uh, Deb Deffer and um, Irfan Dasani around how leading firms are evolving. And uh, I know Josh is one of the firms that, that uh, you work with. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I was surprised to discover that he did not have a CPA and he was, you know, kind of uh, kind of surprised everybody. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And, and I'll just say that um, we're seeing more and more of that. Um, Eric Majorak is another one um, with Beach Fleischman that that's not traditional CPA that he was leading a firm. Um, and those two individuals are incredible and they are incredibly innovative and consultative and some of the strongest leaders I've ever worked with. And I think people will pay attention to that and say, hey, that's not such a, a bad idea. Right. Right. I, I, I just love all of the points you've made, Angie. We're, we're, we're almost at time. Do you have any final thoughts or tips you would share with the audience listening about this topic? Sure. I would just say we are in an incredible profession. I am so passionate about um, developing people and firms, and we are in a great spot to 
create solutions and be partners with um, businesses all across the country, all across the world. And it's a great calling. There may be some speed bumps in terms of transition to hybrid or the way that we lead or the way that we grow our firms, but that's how we innovate and that's how we grow. And so I'm really excited about the challenges ahead of us. And I would just say, Find new ways to be innovative, find new ways to show up, find new ways to lead, because it could be the most rewarding changes that you make in your career. So I just want to encourage everybody, there's a lot of great things going on, and um, be a resource for your clients, be a resource for one another, and thank you all for being a resource uh, for the profession as well. I know people get so much out of um, learning from both of you. So Thank you. Uh, last last question, uh, Angie, if people want to continue to engage and learn from you and your experiences uh, with the Rainmaker companies, how would you advise everybody to, uh, to do that? Sure. Um, you can email me at Angie at the Rainmaker companies.com. Um, connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm happy to, to jump on a Zoom call and have a conversation and brainstorm with you and share with you what I can. Happy to help. So thanks, Jason. Outstanding. Thank you, Angie, so much. There you have it, folks. Tips from Angie Grissom. Thanks for being here today, Angie. Thank you all for listening. Till next time. Thank you, Jason. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to learn more about any of the topics discussed on the show, visit intuitaccountants.com forward slash podcast. Account Trends is produced and edited by Luke Johnston. Copyright Intuit 2021.